Hi, everybody. I am Jen Johnson, and you are watching Thought by Thought Healing, where I talk about everything related to chronic pain and chronic symptoms. I come at this from a Christian perspective, and so if that's important to you, then you should definitely subscribe. And if you are listening on podcast platforms, I would love and greatly appreciate if you would leave a review. That is how we get this information out there. There are millions of people in chronic pain, and it is because we are missing this part. We are missing the neuroscience of pain, that it is the brain that plays out in physiology, no different than if we are embarrassed and we experience uh, blushing. Uh, Our emotions, our beliefs, and our thoughts definitely play out in our brain uh, or in our body. And scientifically, we know this, and I do not understand why it is not prevalent in our Western medicine culture, but it's not. And so we have a lot of people in pain. Okay. So On this channel, I essentially try to do interview me, like healing story, like kind of um, bopping back and forth between different perspectives, because it can be really helpful to learn from one another. And sometimes I get emails asking me to talk about specific things. And I've had a few people ask me to talk about some of the, um, some of the topics that seem really uh, seem to show up in the mind body community around evolution. And so um, I've had people ask me, well, how do you operate? How do how did you grapple with this in your healing um, journey when it comes to some of these um, subjects that seem to point to evolution? And so I'm going to unpack that today. Some of this stuff, if you've been watching my channel, you're going to know some of the things that I'm going to unpack, um, but I'm also going to be putting um, just like tools and different nuggets in here and things for those of you further along in your journey to hopefully learn from. But primarily, I want to talk about the uh, the vagus nerve, uh, the saber-toothed lion, the reptilian brain, monkey brain, evolution, um, uh, Buddhist monks at breathing meditation, that kind of stuff. And, and as a Christian, like, how did I, or, and do I operate within, um, that And Here's my simple answer is that when it comes to, in that list that I just mentioned, when it comes to the anatomy of our bodies, God created us that way. And that is simply how I, I, um, I operated. Yes. You can talk to me all you want about the evolution of how my monkey brain became this brain or whatever. And, um, I'm not offended by you, um, having that perspective. I just simply have, uh, I, I, I believe differently. I believe that God created my brain the way it is currently. And, um, And so um, I'm thankful to have all the knowledge that I have about my brain. So um, the other thing is the, is the vagus nerves. We've got the brain we're talking about here. We've got the vagus nerve, which is part of the involuntary nervous system that we're talking about. And then kind of like, does it matter who discovered um, these, um, these things like the Buddhist monks or scientists or whatever. Um, So um. Yeah, I I believe that um, God created my body in this way. And scientists have discovered some of these um, truths about how our bodies work. And and so I think that is absolutely amazing. And I think that Buddhist monks, they discovered that breathing and meditation um, is is amazingly helpful 
And, um, and the reason is because of how God created our brains and now we're seeing the science of it. And so, um, so I don't really mind that Buddhist monks are, are who discovered that breathing um, is helpful. I think breathing is fantastic. And I'm so God, I'm so glad that God created me in a way that if I stop and can focus on my breathing, it has all these um, benefits to it. And so, Let's just talk about some of um, these things um, so that those of you who are new on the journey learn something um, that you can apply to healing. So the brain has different functions. One of the functions is that it has a limbic system as the emotional part of your brain is where emotions happen and they activate all sorts of changes in your brain different other parts of your brain and then physiologically they cause changes this is we can see this simply and when we look at embarrassment how embarrassment plays out in in blushing when we feel stressed about giving a speech and we feel like um, our hands get sticky um, there are many different examples when we are stressed maybe we get diarrhea all these things are stress responses they are the mind-body connection we're aware of of getting stress headaches, et cetera. Um, so the emotional part of our brain exists. And so does the logical reasoning, thinking prefrontal cortex part of our brain. Um, they, they just are a part of how God created us. And I think that it is proof and shows or is evidence that um, God created us to be emotional beings and to be thinkers. And we want to value both. And when we do not value emotions, we idolize reasoning. And we do not value reasoning and logic, we idolize emotion. And it is important that we have a balance. And when we don't have a balance, we also create an imbalance in our nervous system. And so um, I think it is important to look at our, our beliefs, our emotions, our thoughts, because it is the way that God created our brain. And whether scientists discovered that or Christians did doesn't matter to me. I think God created him. And then also uh, specifically the vagus nerve, I get questions about vagus nerve. I use the vagus nerve to heal. On this channel, I talk a lot about the top down approach. So when we're looking at the fear pain cycle, we're looking at an emotional trigger that there's a physiological response that scares me. And then I'm in more fear. And then it's just this cycle. I like to look at what beliefs and emotions do I have that I want the Lord to redeem. And, um, and so healing for me was really about a, an intense amount of quiet time with the Lord, where I um, spilt out my um, repressed fears, shame and emotions out to him. And he um, Mm, we had quiet time together and he helped to redeem me through, through quiet time and scripture. But I also use this vagus nerve approach of looking at how can I, how can I work with the fact that my body is in a stress response and how can I create calm in that way? So I'm going to unpack the nervous system a little bit. We've got the voluntary nervous system and we've got the involuntary nervous system and both are connected to our brain. So the emotion part of our brain is triggered. Well, actually, no, let's talk about the voluntary first. So I decide I want my coffee, which is sitting right here to my right. I'm going to voluntarily choose to pick up my coffee mug. Here it is. I've used my muscles, my nerves, all the things to pick it up by choice. But also it is sitting on a very hot pink plate that keeps it warm for me. And if I went to touch that plate or a hot stove, my receptors in my hand would detect that there is a temperature change and it would send a message to my brain and my brain would decide 
do I like it or not? And the brain would say, nope, not safe. And it would pull my hand back and make a decision based on context as to whether this is safe or not. That is important because it is based on context. If I was getting in a hot tub, my brain would be like, yes, this is awesome. But not when it is not expecting it and feels like there is perceived danger around it. And the brain sends a warning and involuntarily um, activates my sympathetic nervous system. Here's where I'm going to um, break down the, that involuntary nervous system has two sides. I'm sure there's going to be somebody watching that wants to add more information to what I'm saying. Feel free to add to the comments. So this fight or flight nervous system gets activated when the brain perceives danger. And that word perceives is important, perceives danger, and it causes a change, a muscle change, a tension change, a heart rate change, a, a breathing change in our body that shows up to me most predominantly in three different ways. One way you know that the involuntary nervous system is activated is your breathing becomes shallow or it becomes a little hard to breathe. That's because your involuntary nervous system controls your, your breath and your heart rate and everything else. The other thing you will notice is a mood change. You may think that you have a mood change out of nowhere. And I guarantee you, there is a reason that you had all of a sudden are in a bad mood. The third is that you have a symptom uptick, whether that's pain or IBS or something. It is all because for some reason, your involuntary nervous system is detecting something emotionally, whether it's a smell or something familiar, um, that the one of your senses detects something that your brain is like, mm, mm -mm, nope. And it activates that fight or flight nervous system. And then you go into physiological change into your body. This includes pain. This includes IBS. This includes fibromyalgia. This includes back pain, which is tension, um, uh, insomnia, all these things. It's a warning signal from the brain. On the other side of that, we have the rest and digest nervous system. It is the calm part of us. It's what I like to call the peace that passes understanding. When I'm living over here, I am trusting God from a body, not only mentally and, and thought and emotion wise, but also in my stomach. I just have a sense of trusting the Lord. That part of us, um, that, that rest and digest, that peace um, has a hard time being activated when we're in fear mode. When the brain is perceiving involuntarily danger, then this part has a hard time being activated. Um, I am not in any way saying that those of us who are in chronic pain are not trusting God. There is a there is a, a misunderstanding around um, around that, and I want to be clear that I am not saying that at all. Um, what I'm saying is that the brain has been trained in some way to perceive danger where there is no, there's no longer any danger. You probably went through something in childhood that your, your nervous system became, became easily activated in the fight or flight part because of things you experienced and that protective part of your brain, which is what is it, it is intended to do is activated and now protecting you, but it can be helpful to um, use some bottom-up approaches to uh, to to move towards um, rest and digest, and that is through the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is the tenth, I believe, of twelve um, cranial nerves that are part of this part of our our nervous system, and so we can activate that in many different ways. The that that nerve starts up here in your brain somewhere and ends down in your coccyx, and it has nerve endings like in your face and in your lungs and your diaphragm, which is part of deep breathing and all over your stomach. And so that if we target those 
that nerve that actually sends a message back up to the brain that I'm safe. So yes, I think that God created us um, in a way that we get to use that. Um, we we also can work with our thoughts and our beliefs to to uh, cause a, a peace that passes understanding and a rest in our in our bodies. But we can also use the bottom up approach, so interrupting that fear pain cycle at, at both um, both areas. And so there are many ways to do that, and you can you can Google vagus nerve activation, um, and there are lots of different modalities of how people do it. You'll hear about people doing tapping on the vagus nerve. I did not do that. It was not part of my healing, but I know that some people did. My primary ones were um, cold. I would wash my face with really cold water. Um, I think that kind of just shocks us into being present and here. Um, also gets those nerve endings. Um, I still do that now every morning. I wash my face with really cold water and I enjoy it. And I allow myself to be present here in this moment now and not worry about the past, not plan for the day, just be here for five seconds. The primary one that I used was breathing and the deep breathing when we specifically deep breathing, when we do that, it, it activates the vagus nerve that's in the diaphragm and in the stomach area. And so when I deep breathe, I would do stomach breathing, stretch the stomach out, let it be as big as felt comfortable. And, um, the other part of that is that that vagus nerve is calming the brain. Um, and that, that brain is in emotional, it's an emotional cycle, fear, 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 shame, guilt, whatever you're experiencing, um, uh, sorrow, all the, all the, the big emotions that can cycle in there. And so when we are, um, activating that vagus nerve, it actually can cause a calmness and let, um, let the, the brain kind of just take a break, um, which can be really really helpful. I call it kind of like a nap for the brain. Um, it's not really a nap, but a way of interrupting the the emotional cycle that we are in that's causing all this fight or flight nervous system response. And so we're just using that vagus nerve. Another example that I did use actually was humming. And I would sometimes find um, praise worship music that was kind of had a low, low tone and I would hum or sing in the car. I'm a terrible singer. So it was always in the car. Uh, and that, that vibrates and activates that, that vagus nerve in, in our bodies. Um, and so I, I think breathing is breathing or humming and singing, washing your face or jumping into the cold water. There are all these different ways and, and please do Google. So there's a lot of them. Um, that that can really help with that bottom up approach. No, I don't think it's the I don't think it's the end all be all. I think we also have to work with what are the emotions that I am um, not dealing with. What is the pain? What is the sin I have experienced against me that I need the Lord's redemption from? And that um, um, is an important the the most important part of healing to me. But until we under, interrupt that fear of our symptoms, it's kind of hard to even get to those things. Now, let's ask the question, how did your body become dysregulated in the first place? This is another question that I get that people have an evolutionary response to. And here's my answer to it. If you look at the ACEs study, which is Adverse Childhood Experiences Studies done in study done in, the, in 1995 to 1997, um, actually, I'm going to read you something that I found online. It says, I found this in several places. It says the adverse child experience study, the largest, most important, 
public health study you never heard of. It is unfathomable and ridiculous that this study of 17,000 people did not change our Western medicine culture. It showed a correlation between how many people in the medical system had trauma in their life, a chronic stress response in their childhood at some point in time that caused their nervous system to be on edge. There is a strong correlation between trauma in childhood and adult onset chronic symptoms. And that is because it primed the nervous system to be in fear mode. This is why I love coming at this from a Christian perspective, because sin matters. It hurts other people and the Lord's grace and forgiveness um, are, are such a, a powerful healing part of this. But until we until we go to the Lord with those emotions, it does not mean we need to revisit the trauma, but the emotions and the personality traits and the commitments we made, like I'm never going to get hurt or um, blanket statements we made because of the ways that we were hurt. When we live according to those, um, we're living in fear, even though we don't realize it, it's just suppressed into the body. So that adverse childhood experiences it, um, uh, study is, is, is how we become primed to live in hypervigilance and chronic symptoms. But then there's people like me and maybe you that don't have trauma in your childhood. And that can be confusing for people because we often hear about that too in the mind-body community. It's trauma, it's trauma, and trauma. What if you didn't have trauma? Well, the reason that trauma is a problem is, is it in the later life it's because it, it activated that, that stress response in that fight or flight nervous system. Um, even though we may have handled it calmly, it is still a stress response, especially when it's repressed, expressed emotions get let go, suppressed emotions stay in our physiology. And yes, that is science. But if you didn't have the trauma, is there another way that you learned to live in caution, concern, being wary, worrying. When we are, uh, live in a household that is um, cautious all the time, told we are told to be careful in some way, whether it's spiritually, which I know needs unpacking, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, or physically, we're told to be very careful. We live in kind of an avoidance type approach that is fear-based. And so that can be... Um, that can be a part of what activates um, a stress response is always being concerned and being wary in life. Um, that puts the brain on edge and it looks for ways to protect you at all times. And that's a hard one because I think we often think that being careful is um, righteous and good. And it's not, sometimes it is just another word for being fearful. But then there's also complex PTSD, and that is is things like maybe living in a really exacting home or um, a emotionally neglective home or a lot of pressure to, to succeed or to be perfect. Those types of things do also have kind of a, a, a heightened stress response. So um, for those of you who are like me, it might need a little bit more searching to, to realize like what it is that is causing your nervous system to be on edge. Um, um, one other thing I wanted to mention before I end this video is that um, I, I, I struggle to, 
to be frustrated with how many diagnoses or diagnoses are given out to people. Because at first, when we get a diagnosis, we're like, yes, I know what's wrong with me. And then in reality, sometimes it's not that there's something wrong with you. It's the mind-body syndrome played out in all these symptoms that look like this diagnosis. And then I've been slapped with this diagnosis. I think I have it forever. There's no hope. Um, I'm discouraged and there's no way out. And that leads to that fear pain cycle. And in that realm of diagnosis is the diagnosis of trauma. And sometimes people take that and think, because I have trauma, that means that I am not going to be able to heal. And that's similar to a diagnosis. And it's not true. It's not biblical. God does not say there's not healing and redemption for those of you who have been sinned against in an egregious way. And um, and the same way that a diagnosis can make you feel hopeless and therefore fearful, so can the term, I have trauma in my childhood and therefore I am stuck in this fear cycle. And I just don't believe that to be true. So I'm hoping that you can um, turn to God with that and something else and have hope. Something else that I have noticed that I love about this work is that sometimes people will begin to heal from their, the trauma that they experienced, the sin that they experienced against them. And then they will be able to turn from that and be able to stop generational, I'm going to say generational trauma, or even passing down a fear. Even if you were part of a home that just passed down fear, and now they people will realize, uh oh, I don't want to do that to my children. And so there's this, there's this beautiful passing down of peace and redemption that happens when we, when we're able to get in and do the work. Um, and I realize that can be hard as a parent. I'm not a parent. Um, but I can realize that, um, the sacrifice of taking the time to emotionally work on yourself and turn to the Lord for that type of redemption can feel like a, a big price to pay with time-wise. And, um, I just want to encourage you that, what I have seen for mothers who do this work is that their children end up in the long run benefiting greatly. And I realize I am only talking to the women right now, but this is for men. This is absolutely for you also. So, all right, guys, I hope this is encouraging. I hope you understand a little bit more about the vagus nerve in the brain. God just created us in these ways and we can use them and you are not stuck because of trauma, but it is potentially why your nervous system has a propensity to live in a fear cycle. And we can get in there and interrupt it both at a top-down level and a bottom-up level. All right, guys, I hope you have a good week. Oh, and I just remembered that I'm going to have Dr. Strax and his wife, Lisa Strax, on soon. So if you have any questions for them, please shoot me an email, thoughtbythoughthealing at gmail.com. And also, if you were looking for coaching, check out my website, thoughtbythoughthealing.com. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Bye.